Well, it's such a privilege to gather together this morning to honor the God of heaven. Uh, I look out and see a good number here. We've got some visitors, so glad that you can be here with us to praise and glorify our God. In Psalm 29 and verse 2, the psalmist said, Give unto the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The glory that's due His name. God deserves people to come into His presence and honor and praise and glorify Him. He is owed that. We are His creatures. He is our Creator. He is the Almighty. Everything that we have, are, ever hope to be, every breath that we breathe, we owe to Him. And so, it's not so much uh, when we talk about attendance and being in the assemblies. It's not so much that God needs you to be here. And it's not even that you ought to be here. Both the, the, the latter thing especially is true. You ought to be here. But the main thing is you owe it to Him. You owe it to Him. To come into His presence, to praise Him, and to glorify Him. I want to talk about why attendance in the assemblies, the worship assemblies of the church, is a big thing. The word attendance, if you go to the Oxford Language Dictionary, find the definition. The first definition is one that you'd expect to be present at. <laughs> attendance refers to being present at an event or a meeting or a function. It also means to deal with something, to give practical help or care or to look after. So for instance, it's used that way in the Bible. In Numbers chapter 3, the Levites were to attend to Aaron's needs and the needs of the whole congregation. That meant that they were to take care of those things, right? To pay attention to those things and to take care of those things. So to attend or attendance can have the idea of taking charge of something, taking responsibility for something, giving attention to something. It also can mean to pay attention when somebody's talking, for instance. Uh, interestingly, the dictionary's example of this in a sentence was, Alice had not attended to a word of the sermon. <laughs> uh, there probably have been you know, people who've listened to a good number of my sermons that that's probably true of, but that's a use of the word as well. So you have this idea of being at a place, being present at a place, but also then you have the idea of giving attention to something, taking care of something, seeing after something, and then you also have the idea of paying attention mentally to something. So the same word in English, and by the way, we're going to see in, in the New Testament in a minute, the same word could inculcate all of that. David, when he prayed to God, for instance, in Psalm 17 and verse 1, he says, O Lord, attend to my cry. What does he mean? Be present at my cry? No, he means, Lord, pay attention. Hear. Hear what I'm praying. And that brings me to Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. Please turn there in your Bibles. Acts chapter 2. Very familiar text to most all of us. Peter had been preaching on the day of Pentecost. And uh, the Jews came to a conclusion that they'd crucified Christ and they needed salvation. Peter says to them, of course, in Acts 2 and verse 38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
And about 3,000 of them did that, according to verse 42. Those that gladly received His Word were baptized. But I want you to notice verse 46. After they became Christians, after they received the Gospel, were baptized for the remission of their sins. Look at this. In the New King James Version, it says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Notice the first part of that verse. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple. The English Standard Version has it this way. And day by day, attending the temple together. Attending the temple together. It's a good translation. What were these first Christians, these early Christians doing together? They were attending the temple, and the reason they were attending the temple was that's where the first church was meeting, in the area of the temple. So they were attending the assemblies of the disciples. They were attending that, those assemblies. The word there, not that we care about the particular Greek words Necessarily, but it's an interesting word to define in the original language. Proskoterio. It means, according to Strong's Hebrew uh, Greek dictionary, to be earnest towards. That is, to a thing. To persevere. Be constantly diligent. Or, in a place, to attend assiduously all of the exercises. To adhere closely. To attend. To give oneself. You get the definition, right? <laughs> it's this idea of I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to give myself wholly to this. It has the idea of mental attention, but attention also of your presence, of your body, and of your intention to continue doing that. All of that goes, I think, in that particular word. The same word is used, exact same word is used in Acts 2 and verse 42, backing up a little bit. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the breaking of bread. They attended steadfastly to those things. They were part of those things. They were present for those things. They were giving attention to those things. We're going to see at the end of the lesson or toward the end of the lesson, some other places where this particular word is used in the New Testament. I just want you to remember the definition that we just looked at. This particular word as it's used in twice there in Acts chapter 2. So, why do we attend? What's the purpose of, of being here? Why is it a big thing? Well, attendance is an expression of devotion to God. Quite simply. Why attendance is a big thing? Because God commanded it. God said to do it. If we didn't have any other reason, He's God, He says do it, that's a, that's a, makes it a big thing. You have in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25, the writer saying let, in verse 24, first of all, let us consider one another to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So be considerate of one another. We'll talk about that some more just in a second. But the idea is we, we care about each other. 
And so we don't forsake the assembling, but that's a command. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Please notice the word there is assembling. The action of coming together, of attending. That's what you don't forsake. It's not the assembly, it's the assembling. You don't stop that action. You don't forsake that action. You continue doing that, the assembling of yourselves together. And since it is a command to to, uh, assemble with the saints, if we don't do it, what have we done? We've sinned. You don't obey a command of God. It's, that's just the very definition of sin. In fact, 1 John in chapter, chapter 3, verses 4 and following, John the Apostle writes that whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that He was manifested to take away our sins. In Him there is no sin. Whoever abides in Him does not sin. And so to forsake the assembling, to not do it when you could do it, is sinful. Now let me hasten to add that there are some times when it's physically impossible to assemble. Maybe you're so sick you can't get out of bed. Maybe you're in the hospital. Maybe you've come to an age where you just can't get out at all and you're shut in. Lots of things could make it impossible for you to do that and God never expects us to do anything that's impossible for us to do. But He does expect us to assemble when it's possible for us to do that. And I would also add, we may say something about this some more in a minute, that uh, watching an assembly online, what we call virtually, is not assembling. Now you can get out a lot out of watching an assembly online, but that is not assembling. It's not assembling. You say, well, how can you say that, Steve? You know, you've got people all over the world now who've decided they can just stay home and watch the live stream and that, that does it for, uh, for church for them. Well, here's what I did. I figured it out yesterday. I asked Alexa. Y'all have Alexas in your houses? I asked Alexa. We have, a, we have Alexa. I asked Alexa. I said, Alexa. What's the opposite of the word virtual? Alexa said the opposite of the word virtual is real or actual. So virtual assembling is not real or actual. Simply what the words mean. It's virtual, not real, not actual. We are to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. There are a lot of benefits from being able to watch an assembly, watch, listen to a sermon online when you cannot be there. But don't mistake that for actually being there. Attendance is commanded by God. Attendance is an indicator of our priorities, isn't it? Jesus expects us to put Him first. In all things. He expects us to put Him first above family duties or other concerns. Matthew 8 verse 21. One of His disciples said to Him, Lord, 
first let me go bury my father. Jesus said, follow me. Let the dead bury their own dead. Let the world take care of worldly things. You have an obligation to put Jesus first above other things. Above material things. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added to you. We, we worry so much about material things. Where we're going to uh, stay and what we're going to eat and, and all of the, what, how we're going to clothe ourselves. All of this occupies our minds. And Jesus said, you just put me first and those things will take care of themselves. But put Jesus first. It's a priority. Choose to learn from Him. Choosing to learn from Him is is more important than taking care of physical things. It must be our first priority. Mary and Martha were taught that one time when Jesus was in their home. Martha was concerned about you know taking care of the dishes and the serving and all of that sort of thing. And Mary was just sitting there listening to Jesus. Martha wanted Him to rebuke her sister, but Jesus said, no, Mary's chosen the good part. She's put me and my words ahead of the trivialities of life. And we're doing that when we attend the worship assemblies. Worship assemblies are a big thing because attending them helps keep us strong spiritually. Assemblies are for our edification. The word edification means to be built up, to be made stronger. 1 Corinthians 14.26, as Paul describes uh, the, how the assembly is to work at Corinth, he says, How is it, brethren, when you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Now Paul, in that context, is talking about some things in that assembly that related to miraculous spiritual gifts, which, as he says earlier in 1 Corinthians, were done away with eventually. But the point is, everything in the assembly is done for edification, for the building up. We're here to build one another up. And that gets back to Hebrews 10.24. Consider one another to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. It's a concern for my brother and my sister in Christ. It's a concern for my own strengthening, my own building up as well. That causes me to be motivated to attend the assemblies of the church. In Jude, verses 20 and 21, Jude admonishes us, Beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. It's a thing that we do for each other and we do together. It's part of what the assembly is about. It helps us teach our children the Lord's way. Somebody, I've heard many people over the years, some who've fallen away from the Lord, say things like, well, I was raised in church. you know, As if that was supposed to take care of everything. But it didn't. There have been a lot of people who've been, quote unquote, raised in church, who weren't faithful to begin with, really or later on became unfaithful. I mean, there are a lot of famous people. Uh, Janis Joplin, Glenn Campbell, Ronnie Dunn of Brooks and Dunn, Jeffrey Dahmer, mass murderer, was raised in the church. Billy Joel, he was baptized at age 11. Meatloaf 
was raised in the church. What are we talking about? Why do our children need to be here? There's a culture to Christianity. There's a way of thinking about things. A way of living a life. And being in these assemblies, if parents are dedicated, if families are dedicated, if we're here regularly, not just hit or miss, not just we come when we feel like it, not just once in a while, but we're dedicated to it. It is part and parcel what fathers are supposed to do in bringing up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We need to have these children in these Bible classes. We need to have them paying attention during the worship assembly, explaining what's going on, why it's going on, why it's important. It's an obligation, it's a duty, it's a God-given responsibility of every family. To bring their children up in this way. Not just to sprinkle them with it. Not just to kind of, well, they're sort of familiar with it. Not, well, I went up one time and I got baptized. But wholly dedicated. And dedication is shown, as we'll talk about in just a moment, dedication is shown in faithful attendance. It's not the only thing. But it's one of the ways that it's shown. That's why attendance is a big thing. Timothy. As we know, and we've talked about a lot, his raising, Paul says to him in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 14 that he must continue earnestly or continue in the things that you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. It wasn't just that Lois and Eunice took him to church. It was that they taught him the Scriptures. I have no doubt that attending the assemblies of the saints was part of that after Paul and Barnabas first went through Timothy's hometown and preached the gospel. But the point is, Timothy knew the Scriptures from childhood. He needed to remember that and stick with that. We need to have our children just immersed in the Scriptures, in the Word of God. It helps us do that, being in the assemblies. And as we indicated earlier on, attending assemblies is important because others are counting on us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you'd like to turn over there, we have a number of things that are said to us about the body of Christ. Verses uh, 12 through 14 to start with. The body is not, for, for, as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into the one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member but many. So we are the body of Christ. Those that are saved, made up of many members, like a body is made up of many parts. And Paul then describes that in the relationship of the parts in this text. He says in verse 20, Now indeed there are many members, yet one body. 
The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Again, the head cannot say to the feet, I have no need of you. Every part is essential. Every part is important. And so he says in verse 26, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members are honored with it. He says there should be no division in the body. We should all have the same care one for another. And the parts that we think are not that important, Paul says in verse 22, these members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Whoever you are in the body of Christ this morning, I want you to know this. You are necessary. You're needed. You're needed as a functioning part of this local congregation. Whatever part you think you may or may not play, big or small, you are necessary. Attendance in the assemblies is a big thing. Because it's in these assemblies that we come together to provoke one another to love and good works, to honor the God of heaven in worship, to receive the edification that we've talked about, and to give edification as well that keeps us strong spiritually. It's in these assemblies that our children learn what it means to be a Christian. And yes, then to go out and live it in their lives. Attendance in the assemblies then is a barometer of faithfulness. I don't know a lot about meteorology. I took physical science in college. That was about as far as I got. But understand that a barometer measures just one little thing. Right? It measures atmospheric pressure. In and of itself, if your barometric reading is really, really low, you might say, well, so what? <laughs> you got low pressure. What does that have to do with anything? Your barometer is just, it, it just measures one little thing. <laughs> but that one little thing turns out to be a really big thing. The lowest pressure ever recorded by a barometer in the world was recorded in the middle of a hurricane. You want to know why barometric pressure is important? Because it tells us, it gives us an indication of a lot of other things that are going on in the atmosphere. When the weather person starts talking about low pressure, they're almost always talking about some sort of storm or bad weather in the wintertime. If it's cold core low, it may even be a winter snowstorm. The point is, it's that one little measurement that says so much about everything else that's going on. And that's what I mean when I say attendance isn't faithfulness. 
It's just a good indicator of it. A really good indicator of everything else that's going on in a person's life. Think about that with me. What does it mean to be faithful? What does it mean to be faithful? What does it mean to be faithful when you're going to school? Does attendance, does faithful attendance matter at school? When I was young, and I, most of you, it's this way today, if your children are in school, when I, I mean, you, you had to be there, you had to be on time. If you miss days with no excuse, they'd send a truant officer after you and haul you to school. What about work? Are you a faithful employee? What does that mean? The first thing that your employer is going to look at when he considers whether or not you're a faithful and useful employee is whether or not you're at work and at work on time. Now, there's lots of other things that go along with being a faithful employee. That's probably the first thing they're going to look at. Your attendance record. We understand that when it comes to schoolwork, when it comes to employment, when it comes to ball teams, sports. I knew a young person just a couple of years ago got kicked off an athletic team because he wasn't there for practice. Faithfully attending and continuing steadfastly are important in so many areas of life. We recognize this. It's a real thing. Why can't we see that if we're not attending faithfully, that it's also an indicator of some big things going on that need correcting. Why is it that we accept a level of commitment to our Lord that will not, that will not compel us to be in attendance? This is my second time preaching on attendance since I've been at Eastside. Two lessons in 12 years. Wow. That's not much preaching on attendance. You know why I don't preach on attendance at Eastside? I haven't. And been a problem. But it's becoming one. We have lots of changes here at Eastside in the time I've been here. A lot of families move in. Some move away. Folks getting older. Young families coming in. A lot of changes happening in our culture as well. The pandemic with uh, all of that and the things that went along with that with churches. A lot of changes in our culture overall. Different attitudes about a lot of different things. The first several years I was here, there was a minuscule difference between Sunday morning attendance, Sunday night attendance, and Wednesday night attendance. Sometimes there would only be about 10, maybe 10 different. I didn't check, but I know it's different. 
187. What's it over there? 257. Yikes. Now, there's a lot that can explain a lot of that. I know we have elderly that can't get out at night. There's lots of other things. There are people might be traveling, might be sick. It might be that attendance is a barometer of spiritual problems that we need to face. It might be. I was telling you about that word. You know, the word we talked about at the beginning where they were attending there in Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. They were faithful, weren't they? They were faithful in what they were doing. They were committed to it. If your car started one out of every three times, would it be a faithful car? If your refrigerator quit every few days, would it be a faithful refrigerator? If your water heater go greets you uh, about two days a week with cold water, you know, when you're trying to take your shower, is that a faithful water heater? If you start missing mortgage payments, you know, are you faithful? Everybody, we all understand what faithfulness is. It seems, except when it comes to attendance. I was telling you about that word. Faithfulness is measured by readiness and devotion. In Mark chapter 3 and verse 9, that word that is used and translated attending uh, there in Acts 2.46, same word, Mark chapter 3 and verse 9, Jesus told His disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for Him because of the multitude, lest they should crush Him. The word translated kept ready there is the same word translated attending. Continual. So, you can just imagine the scene. All these crowds around Jesus, He's telling His disciples, you know, four of whom were fishermen, y'all keep a boat ready for me because I might need to hop in it to get away from these crowds. They're going to crush me. And you can just imagine, you know, if the crowd starts pressing on Him, you know, gets to where He almost can't breathe, and He looks for the boat. And Peter turns to John and says, uh, I thought it was your day to get the boat. And no, no, that's not... I, did, I didn't do it. I, you did it last week. No. Nobody's got the boat ready. And Jesus is crushed. You think that's what happened? I don't think so. I think the boat was ready every day, don't you? They were devoted to keeping that ready. They were attending to that. Attending to that business. Show you someplace else it's used. Romans chapter 13 and verse 6. Passage we studied not long ago in a lesson. The government forces that God ordained to protect us must do so continually. Romans 13 and verse 6. Because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending, attending continually. Same, same word, attending. Attending continually to this very thing. So what if. You know, 
the Russians attack one of these days. And, uh, well, it's a, it's a military holiday. Nobody went to work that day. And we have no protection. You say, well, that's an utter failure. Or, guys breaking in your house, uh, and you call, you know, 911, get a hold of the Athens police, and they say, no, we're, we're, uh, we're having a retirement party for the chief, and so we can't come. <laughs> yeah. They're not attending continually to this very thing of protecting good people from bad people. That's what he's talking about. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 12, the same word is used. Talking about prayer. Continually, continuing rather steadfastly in prayer. Colossians 4 and verse 2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it. Those idea, that idea of continually doing it, not an off and on thing, something that you're constant at, you're consistent with, you're devoted to. That's what they did in Acts 2 and verse 46 when it came to meeting together. That's what we need to do today. So, why is attendance a big thing? It's a barometer of our faithfulness. Faithfulness is pretty important. Attendance is a big thing because faithfulness is a big thing. Those who are found faithful will inherit eternal life. Be faithful unto death and I'll give you a crown of life. Revelation 17.14 says, The King of Kings is coming and those who are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. Called, Chosen and faithful. And in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 21, I believe it's just the case that in the end, your attendance will be one of the components that Jesus uses to assess your faithfulness. In Matthew 25 verse 21, the Lord said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. I'd like, I just like all of us, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm just pleading with all of us to re-examine our attitude toward attendance in the world in which we live today. So, so many of you I know are just really doing all you can do, but you want to be here, you do your best to be here every single time. But I think all of us, and maybe some more than others, could just re-examine that concept. What can I do to be more faithful in my attendance. We're not asking you to come if you're deathly ill. I don't think the Lord expects that. We're not asking you to come if your infirmities have overtaken your life that you can't even take care of your own business at home. But the Lord is due our worship. He's do our worship in an assembly. Let's do our best. Let's do our best, okay? Thank you so much for your good attention this morning. If there's one here who is in need of confessing a fault or obeying the gospel, we'd love to help you do that right now. If you have something you need praying about, or you're ready to obey God by being baptized for the remission of your sins, having never done that, 
we'd ask you to come while we stand and while we sing.